Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about treating low back pain with a lateral shift. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here with the crew, Champion PT and Performance, answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about, head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us your questions. Let's see, who do we have today? We have Kevin Coughlin, Lenny McCrina, Dwesh Podell, Lisa Lowe, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, Mike Scudetto here answering your questions. Len, would you would you uh, would you care to introduce today's student? Let me go to my list that I always have to have to make sure I remember everybody's names. Um, and we have Michael Barra from Nashville, Tennessee, Belmont University, the home of Mike Voigt, friend of ours, Mike Voigt, and Ashley yeah. Campbell too. Michael, who's your favorite professor at Belmont right now? Whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I feel like Don't I have to say more. Okay. <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like your professors listen to this, so be careful. But Kevin, uh, Michael, what do, we, what do we have for a question today? <laughs> today we have a question from Tom from the UK. He's asking, what are your treatment considerations when assessing and treating an individual with lower back pain with a noticeable lateral shift? Ah, good question, Tom. I like this. So the the lateral shift. I think we've we've probably all seen this in our career, right? Somebody with back pain, and you know, we we treat a lot of active individuals, adults and athletes at Champion, right? We have over our careers probably that have a lot of back pain, but not all of them come in with that little shift, right? Where their hips shifted to the side a little bit. Um, why don't we start with maybe talking about what that is and why, because I think that will help answer, you know, the, what do we do, right? When we kind of understand a little bit better, but who, who wants to talk about that? Like why, why do we see a lateral shift? Like, what is that? Um, Dan, you want to start with that? Sure. Yeah. Um, and I'm just kind of, I did the kind of a more recent literature review to try to figure out lateral shifts a little bit. Um, I think what you're looking at is probably some sort of disc pathology, and this is always a little bit funky just because the imaging we get seeing disc pathology on a MRI doesn't always correlate with pain. So if you look at things like sensitivities and specificities of certain tests we have or a lateral shift, um, maybe it's not always truly reflective of what's going on. But when you have a lateral shift, the thought is your body's trying to position itself in a place that potentially offloads that injury, right? We think, and this is a theory, um, and again, it's a little bit contradictory if you look at some of the research that you're trying to move away from some pain, 
So if you have an irritated nerve root in your spine, your body might try to offload that a little bit by moving in a certain way, shifting to the side. Um, there is a bit of research that shows that people will have a shift in a direction that doesn't really make sense in terms of offloading that nerve root. So I think that's where it gets a little bit mixed. But largely when people have this lateral shift is because they have some sort of probably dyspathology nerve root issue. And because of that, the body's trying to move in a position that offloads that decreased stress on that injury. So I, you know, it's interesting that you say that, you know, you don't always shift in a direction, right? And I, I, I wonder, I wonder like either away or towards or on, you know, on the side of, for example, I wonder if, I, I wonder if that's because the shift is more about muscle guarding and, and, and tension, right? Than actual, you know, relieving. I, I, I find that, you know, pretty, pretty interesting because as somebody with back pain in the past, right. And I think we all do this, like the majority of our back pain, it just tends to, it's this like this muscular guarding and, and spasticity that almost that, that drives you crazy. Right. So, um, so Dan or anybody else that may know this, um, is that in the literature where we see lateral shifts, it tends to be disc pathology. Do, do we ever shift from like fractures or stress reactions or, or any Anything else or, or is it is it specific to one thing? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. I just know that um, in terms of lateral shift, it was pretty specific towards like disc issues, you know, uh, nerve root pathology. Uh, but in terms of like fractures and stuff, I'm not sure. I mean, that kind of makes sense. You might do the same thing to move differently or have certain muscles fire a little differently than they normally do. I think there's a lot of research to show that when you have low back pain, everyone has their own little flavor of what fires more, what fires less, where their pain is. Um, which is very variable from person to person, but I'm not sure. I think the lateral shift is more specific towards a disc issue. I, at least in my mind, when someone walks through the door, maybe I'm wrong. They've got a big old lateral shift. That's the first <laughs> thing I'm thinking yeah. about. Well, I, well, I, I, I get to admit, I mean, in our baseball players with like stress fractures, spondies, stuff like that, we, I don't see a lateral shift with those. Um, Dave, do you, and you know, you, you probably, you know, you treat a lot of athletic spine stuff. Do, do, do you see shifts in your gymnast or is it, is it one of those things you mostly see with discs? Yeah. I would say that uh, generally the people who have extension and rotation intolerant back pain typically is in uh, extreme range of motion where they're starting to engage the facets and or put uh, like an anterior uh, stress on the pars or the neural arch. So usually those people are needing to extend significantly to feel, um, you know, right. and generally the the passive elements of your your spine are much more mobile in terms of being able to flex quite a bit farther. Like we can obviously flex and touch our toes and you have much more uh, bandwidth there to kind of flex and rotate versus you can't really do the exact same in extension or rotation because of the facets. So typically somebody will feel um, their back pain only at the extreme motions. And yeah, I see quite a bit of flexion intolerant and rotation intolerant low back pain. And those people who have shifts, um, generally, uh, yeah, they're discogenic in nature as the etiology, but also, uh, the McKenzie model and some other people like Paul Hodges who have studied what happens when somebody has acute back pain is that typically they don't want to load those parts of their spine that are sore, right? So someone who is laterally shifted and is maybe flexed and rotated away, um, they're doing that maybe in particular because maybe that nerve root has a real high level of, of nociceptive drive and, or the muscular, the multifidi around that area maybe are acutely irritable and they don't really want to lean into that quadrant extending and rotating towards it. Um, because it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Uh, ironically though, is, is typically that's what makes those people better. So the McKenzie system will try to find some way to get them anti-gravity or without gravity and have them extend and try to restore that plane of motion. Because as you do that, you know, if it is a, if you're going by the path of mechanical model, the the discogenic material itself can move when you, when you move that way. 
you know, and again, amazing that the human body just inherently does these things on its own, right? And reflexively and, and is just so resilient at trying to, to heal itself. I think that's impressive. So, yeah. well, all right. So, sorry. Well, I'll add for people to help is there's a paper by Paul Hodges that talks about what happens. They injected people with uh, pain in their back, like pain solutions and had them do step down tests. And they found that within the muscles themselves, there was a change in activity, but within muscles, there was actually a really large change. Everyone has a different adjusting strategy. That's why people limp all weird because they don't want to load that area. So Paul right. I just think it's really helpful with Loma Mosley. Crazy, crazy. Awesome. All right. So we have a lateral shift. What do we do about it now? Kev, what do you think? Yeah. So a couple of things, and I'm, I'm recalling this stuff from uh, a McKenzie course I took, but I'd like to get Dan's input too, where he did the lit review, if he came across any of this um, but I guess the first thing you want to do is classify the shift as contralateral or ipsilateral um, and kind of like Dave and Dan alluded to uh, ipsilateral shifts. So if you have pain going down the right side. You'd see those people, they name it by where your shoulders are shifting. So if your shoulders are shifting to the right, you'd be closing down the right side. And that's very uncommon. We don't see ips, ip, is, that's a weird word, ipsilateral shifts very commonly. Um, and I, from what I remember learning is that, that, uh, that type of shift has a worse prognosis. Um, so contralateral shifts more commonly, like Dan, like Dave said, they shift away from that painful side, trying to unload those structures. Um, so what, what they teach in McKenzie is when you're trying to correct these shifts, the first thing you have to do is correct the lateral motion. And once that's restored, then you go back into the sagittal plane and you work on extension. Uh, you, you can't really do extension first. It just doesn't seem to have as good of an outcome. Um, so the other important thing is trying to determine if what's if, if it is what they call a relevant lateral shift, meaning the shift came on at the time of their acute low back pain. Uh, if this is something they've had for years, and this is one that I like Dan's input if he came across this at all, but I believe McKenzie said that if it's a shift they've had for a long time, or if you don't correct the shift in the first like five or six weeks, they'll develop uh, kind of a long-term posture where they'll always be shifted and you might not ever get it back. And that's where it seems like the urgency is in correcting the shift. Um, so, you know, I don't know for sure if that's true. I didn't come across that in the literature myself, but I think the, the point is you do want to try to correct the shift pretty quickly. And like Dave alluded to, if if they have a contralateral shift, it's going to be side bending to the painful side that seems to get them better. Um, and it's one of those things like when you have someone who's uh, has flexion based low back pain, a first few repetitions of extension might hurt. But if you if you let them work into that a little bit, it does seem to centralize their pain. And that same thing seems to be true with the lateral shift. So if they do some side gliding. Uh, you know, usually you'll have someone go against the wall, put their shoulder on the wall, their hips maybe a foot away, and they're gliding, closing down that painful side. Um, as they do repetitions of that, they should feel their pain centralized. Uh, and then if you have a case where it's just not centralizing and it seems like it's really, really aggravating them. And uh, I did hear Adam Meekins talk about this, where someone was suggesting he correct his lateral shift. And he said, if, if someone tried to you know, side glide me, I'd punch him in the face because it was so painful. So I do think sometimes we have to respect our patient's pain with these. And if it's not getting better with side gliding, maybe we don't force it, but it seems like there is some urgency to correct the shift. So I'm wondering if, if Dave or Dan came across that, do you see any long-term changes in the posture if it's not corrected quickly? 
I, and I just jump in real quick because I do, I want to hear their answer, but I like what you just said right there. I mean, sometimes the tissue is too sensitive to try to force through it. It's like that with any joint, right? A hot knee that you're trying to get extension with or shoulder range of motion, you know, sometimes you have to let it cool off a little bit. I like that. But yeah, no, I want to hear this chronicity thing because I, I will say I'm not like, you know, walking around Target and you walk by somebody like, whoa, they had a chronic shift that they're stuck in now. Look at them over there, right? Like I I, I can't say I've seen that in public, but I, I, I'd, I'd love to hear it like dan dave have you guys seen that is is there an urgency to the chronicity of trying to help somebody without them you know getting this posture maybe like adapted yeah my only two cents is is one's more just a piece of advice is the mckenzie system and this actually is a really big shout out to urson too because urson has done a lot of uh, studying of the mckenzie system but he has a really good flair on it it's maybe not so hardcore one one lane but the first thing is that the mckenzie system actually even if you do have a lateral shift is that they'll probably try to exhaust the sagittal plane first with press-ups or some version of that because lateral shifts are really unique to that very very um you know, discogenic population. But if someone has a true lateral herniation, which is rare, um, that's when a lateral shift is going to do the most work. But most people have a posterior lateral herniation. And so if if the outer annular wall is intact and the hydraulic mechanism is intact still, just straight up press-ups or some sort of extension is probably going to make them feel better. And yeah, I, I agree with, uh, you know, what was noted about Adam's back pain is that when someone has a lateral shift, it feels terrible to do lateral shifting work sometimes because you got to remember that the, the main lateral shift mobilization is in, is in weight bearing and gravity. So you're standing and there's compression on the disc, which also causes some mild bulging, and then you're shearing sideways. So sometimes, sometimes getting these people on their stomach and just doing either like a, you know, a lateral bend towards the side or doing a, a what they call like a reptile or a roadkill press up where you flex your knee up and doing extension first is probably more comfortable for these people for a couple of days before you start doing loaded mobilizations. That was good. Anything else, Dan, on that, on the research of that? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I guess to, to answer Kevin's question, I've actually seen a few people that kind of maintain a shift after they have their pain go away. And that kind of goes back to the initial discussion we had is that we don't know why people lateral shift. And the idea is you unload a nerve root, but some folks will actually shift into a position where it looks like they're loading the nerve root further, which makes no sense, right? So I think that's what we have to keep in mind uh, to take a step even further back, because I think this is a question that, you know, newer grads or, you know, less experienced clinicians going to have. Natural history of most disc issues are good. So you have a nerve root injury or irritation most of those get better. I say most because a lot of folks, you know, it's, it's not the case. They get better very quickly, you know, for the first three months, the majority of cases are going to resolve. So a lot of this, I think, is that, yeah, try to correct the lateral shift. I try to correct a lateral shift if I see it, you know, but I think the other thing to keep in mind is that this will probably get better naturally over the course of time. And if you just, you know, push some sort of active approach, you know, obviously it's going to change a little bit based on the person that you see, you're probably going to have some good success. You know, I don't know if, doing this early on is going to be something you need to do. But again, I, it's not really fair for me because I haven't taken the McKenzie courses and I'm not re- reading the research that they kind of push. So I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. But I think good, good summary of everything I think so far is that, um, you know, there's a very specific time where we're probably going to see this more often than not. And, you know, some, some treatments to kind of work towards that, get them back into their functional activities, I think is, is going to be the way to go. So, um, great episode. I thought that was really helpful. Hopefully you enjoyed that, Tom. Um, if you have a question like that, head to micronaldcom click on that podcast link and you can fill out the form to ask us more questions. Thanks again. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. 
If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.